On today's show, I have Bobby Blanco from Masson Sports here joining us on Locked On Nationals and what we're going to discuss today, but well, we're going to get deep into the Nationals farm system. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And, of course, Find us wherever you get your pods. Just search Locked On Nationals. Make sure to subscribe over on YouTube as that'll be your daily Nationals podcast content. But speaking of daily Nationals content, today's show, we are joined by Bobby Blanco from MassInSports.com. Bobby, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Ryan. Thanks for having me. We've got the World Series starting tonight. Only one more series of baseball left in this season before we get into the the lull of the offseason. So trying to soak in these last couple of games as much as we can. It's bittersweet, man, because, I mean, listen, baseball season, it's a long one, but we will be talking about the World Series later in uh, today's show. It's going to be an interesting matchup, though. Diamondbacks, Rangers, I mean, oh my God, but we'll discuss that matchup a little bit later on and also get into... One of the top prospects in the national system, but I do believe he's kind of overshadowed with really just the star power that the Nationals have in the outfield when you're talking about the minor leagues and the farm system and all the different prospects out there. And that is Christian Vaccaro. We're going to discuss him a little bit later on because he actually was nicknamed the Phenomenon back in his day down in the Dominican Republic and as well as Cuba. We'll discuss that later on. But Bobby, I wanted to bring you on today because... Number one, it's a little bit later in October. We're still kind of debriefing about the 2023 national season. But also with that said, you've been writing a lot about these nationals prospects. You've kind of just been going daily, writing about different top prospects and really going deep on different guys. So I just kind of want your general thoughts just to begin here on the nationals farm. What have you kind of been noticing with them as you've gone on with these season breakdowns and more? Yeah, if you check out our written work over at MassSports.com, I mean, Mark Zuckerman, of course, has your major league roster covered, and I'm going a day by day covering uh, the top prospects. I'm going to do 30 guys, and over the next what six weeks or so, um, might skip a couple weekends, but might do some over the weekend too. But yeah, I labeled uh, 30 guys, kind of split it evenly between position players and pitchers. So we're going through the position players right now. Haven't touched the pitchers just yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you look at this Nationals farm system, of course. They've made leaps and bounds improvements over the past couple of years through trade, through the draft. Of course, you have the number two overall pick this past summer, getting Dylan Cruz. That helps. Um, they're a top 10 farm system now. I think some outlets have them as high as a top five system right now. So uh, there was a lot of good going on in the Nationals farm system. And when I look at this, and again, I've only done, I think, what, 10 so far-ish um, this offseason. But uh, I think the overall, you can just kind of look at the progress at double a and you look at Harrisburg's roster at the end of the season and that kind of encompasses the progress that the Nationals farm system has had you had guys like James Wood Dylan Cruz Robert Hassel the third 
Brady House, and then other draft picks from this past year, Andrew Pinckney and Yo-Yo Morales making that roster. That's an exciting group at one affiliate. They all can't stay there you know, for the long run. So some of those guys are going to get bumped up soon. Some of those guys are going to get closer to the uh, the major leagues. I think you look at the Harrisburg's roster near the end of the season, that's really what is exciting and the good part about that uh, the, this Nationals farm system because, of course, you have Wood. Hassel started there. Wood made it there pretty quickly. Brady House made it there pretty quickly. That was a great development for this farm system this year after suffering a back injury last year. And then you had three of their top four draft picks from this past summer making yeah. a double A. And that's kind of what they were trying to do, right? They went all in on college experience bats uh, in this draft, especially early on in the draft. Um, and three of their top four picks, Dylan Cruz, Yo-Yo Morales, and Andrew Pickney made a double A before seasons ended. And small sample sizes for some of those guys, especially those last two. Dylan Cruz got there a little quicker. But I, I think that's really just shows that that's why they went college experience in the draft. And then they've the guys that they've already brought in are really advanced bats, really advanced players um, getting to double A already. And that roster is, is, was completely stacked by the end of the season. Yeah, and you know, the approach the Nationals have kind of been taking over the last few years, like obviously you got Elijah Green, Brady House mixed in there, but taking Dylan Cruz and then Yo-Yo Morales in the second round of this past draft, like that kind of goes to show you what they kind of want. Obviously, Yo-Yo was the best player when they took him on the board there, so maybe that's just as simple as that, but you're taking two proven college bats in the 2023 draft. These are both guys, Dylan Cruz, nothing to be said, you know the name, you know what he's really going to do up in the majors, but Morales as well, he's got the power. He's got so many different tools. And the thing is, his slash line this year was so damn good. And he hit zero home runs. This is someone who hit like 20 plus bombs down at the University of Miami. I mean, Mm -hmm. 20 home runs in college baseball is a ton, really, especially down in the ACC for Miami, a very good baseball school. But you mentioned someone with Brady House and kind of someone along, not really along the lines, actually, of the college scale there, but we saw him rise this year after kind of, you know, taking a little hit last year with the back injury, had a little struggles in Fredericksburg there, had a, he started off hot, but then kind of ended a little bit poorly. We figured out that it was a back injury, but this year he lit the world up in Fredericksburg. He lit the ball up in high A with Wilmington and then went to double A Harrisburg and basically did the same damn thing. So kind of what have you seen from Brady house and his development so far this year And at this moment, this is kind of a two-part question, but is it crazy to say that maybe by September of next year, we could be seeing him in the major leagues at this point? Yeah, so, I mean, a lot to unpack with Brady House because he is a top prospect. He's, you know, we talk so much about the outfielders. He's their top infield prospect. Um, You know, drafted as a shortstop, move over to third base. Remember, he was drafted out of high school. You mentioned him and Elijah Green, 2021-2022. They were the first-round pick straight out of high school. So that kind of put them by, and this is why like the difference between those drafts and then this draft, you get college bats that are too advanced yeah. for single A, either low A or high A, and they're, they're just ready for double A, you know, to some deg- varying degrees of success, but they're just too advanced. House and Green are going to take a little more time, and you see House get there, and he's still younger than those guys that are that the Nationals just drafted out of college. He's only going to be 20 years old at the start of next year. Some of those guys that they just got are 21, 22 already. So he's very young for double A. But I think the, the the big thing that I saw from him was not only was he healthy, first and foremost, like we can finally, like there were so many concerns this time last year about Brady House because he didn't play a lot. 
when he did play, he didn't have a lot of success. He was striking out a lot, not a lot of homers. Um, and we're like, okay, is this kid who we thought the Nationals got a steal at 11 overall back in 2021 because he was projected to be the top prep bat in that draft. He fell out of the top 10. Was he going to be a bust? Was there something that the other teams who passed him know knew that the Nationals didn't? Now here we are. He is finally hitting the ball, like you said. Um, and he, of all those guys I just mentioned that had an extended stay at Harrisburg, he probably had the best numbers overall yeah. in any of them. He, I mean, I know James Wood was named the hitter of the year. He put up incredible numbers. He led the, uh, the system in home runs, um, but like his average wasn't great. His on-base percentage was pretty good, but House hit for average. House slugged. House got on base. He, he did everything at Double A, and that just goes to show that you know he was that top college prep bat from two years ago, and that back injury really set him back last year. And then now that he's past that. He can advance now to your second question about can he reach the major leagues at the at the end of next season? I, I would say yes, because we saw how well, like I just said, how he handled double A at a young age. Again, he's only going to be 20 um, and, and next season. So um, the way that he advanced that quickly shows that he can hopefully do it again. You know, if he gets bumped up to triple A early next year or by midseason and the other thing is that there's no one blocking him from third base, right? He's the third baseman of the future at this point. You know, we're pretty much out on Carter Key, boom. Who else? I mean, there's no one at AAA right now on that roster that you can say is like, oh, he's the next third baseman. It's house. So there's no one standing in his way of reaching the major leagues once the Nationals deem him ready. You know, assuming Carter Key, boom, is back, you know, next year and they don't just completely cut those ties. He's not going to, you know, if House is tearing it up on the on the minor league system, they're not going to keep him down there for the sake of Carter Keeble getting more at bats in the major leagues. It's going to be Brady House. Yeah, like, and you know, this is such like a good problem to have, in my opinion, because Brady House is kind of like the slept on prospect of this system just because you have the big name guys of Cruz and Wood. But Brady House is sitting there as your third best prospect. And in my opinion, I mean, you could make the case that. I mean, I, I'm not going to make this case because I don't think it's true. But as you kind of said it, Brady House actually had the best numbers of the entirety of that those AA guys, even including Trey Lipscomb as well or Andrew Pinkney. Like Brady House was consistently really good, even as just a 20-year-old, even at 19, I believe, at some point this season. So seeing what Brady House could do at the AA level was, number one, just thrilling to see because – I think he's going to be the biggest riser of this system. You could talk about James Wood and Dylan Cruz, but they're already up there in the top 10 across Major League Baseball. I could see Brady House now climbing into that top 20 level just because of his prominent position over at third base. He's playing good defense. He's getting good at bats, in, and really you've seen him elevate from low A this year all the way up to double A, and he's hit at each and every single one of those levels, so... I feel like at this moment, like Brady House is probably the most intriguing prospect there is just because the Nationals, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of maneuver Brady House. Are they going to start him in double A, which is probably the most likely option going into 2024, but he could get the call up the triple A one if he's healthy and two, if he continues to hit and field at the level that he's been doing over the last few years. But Brady House is going to be an interesting prospect to see as he continues to develop, but you wrote about Christian Vaccaro. Christian Vaccaro is someone who is wildly interesting in my mind. There's a lot to like about him. There's a ton of talent there, and I mean a ton of talent there with Christian Vaccaro. 
Let's kind of go into him here next, Bobby. But before we get into that, I'm going to tell you guys about our friends over at Jace Medical. And guys, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared, whether it's fires in Hawaii, hurricanes and tornadoes, or blizzard season right around the corner. Well, the solution is the Jace case. And the Jace case is a personalized emergency med- medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. In those recent efforts, they added ivermectin as an option in the Jace case. And buy a gift card for a family or your loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. So this is what you have to do. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the code Locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jasemedical.com. Now we get back into it as we are discussing the Locked On Nationals podcast here. As if you're watching over on YouTube, my uh, background just dropped right then and there. We will just ignore that and, and just keep on chugging, Bobby. Nothing just happened there. I saw that smirk. We're just going <laughs> to. We're just gonna keep on going. Oh, yeah. It's a new home studio. Yep, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving is a pain. You can't get set up. It's just I, you know, it took me forever to get my place set up, and everything fell apart. So you're good, man. Everything's just falling apart here <laughs> <laughs> over at Locked On Nationals' new headquarters here. So, but let's get into Christian Vaccaro here, Bobby, because you wrote about him. I mean, this guy's got a ton of talent. Still a young age of 19 years old, he was one of the top international prospects, I believe, back in the 2021 signing period. And the Nationals, they inked him to a huge, huge, huge international deal. And so far, he's had some good moments down. He had a little sip of coffee down in Loe, Fredericksburg. But even then, it hasn't been the most overwhelming numbers in the world. But I think this is the key with Vaccaro. He's got all the potential in the world. So what have you seen with Vaccaro so far through his first few professional seasons? Well, yeah, I mean, this guy came in... He- Two international signing periods ago as pretty much the top. It was him and one other kid, but I think kind of universally he was considered the top prospect of that class. And the Nationals spent almost all of their international signing bonus money on him to get him. And this is an area where the Nationals have done really well in the past, signing these guys. They get some of the top prospects in the international signing period. Look at Juan Soto, Victor Robles, um, Jeremy De La Rosa. You can go through a couple other guys. Mm -hmm. But the, the issue, I guess, is in how many of those guys have panned out to be solid major leaguers. You can really look at only Soto and Robles, and now even Victor Robles is in question. Uh, some of these other guys, you know, Luis Garcia is still a question mark. Not many of their pitchers have panned out. So it, it's a very fickle process of, yes, yeah, signing them is good. Getting the top guy in that class is good. You have to develop them, too, because they're so young when you get them. Uh, Christian Vaccaro signed when he was, I think, 16 or 17 years old. He just turned 19 uh, this past September, so he played most of the season as an 18-year-old. Um, the good thing is he's finally stateside. You know, he spent all of last year, his first full season in the organization in the Dominican Summer League. Um, I think he played well enough that some people can thought he might you know, make it to uh, the, the states before the season ended. The Nationals showed some patience. He finally brought him up to the Florida Complex League this year, and then he got up to single A this year where it was a tale of kind of two halves for him um, with Fredericksburg. I mean, over his first, he played 16 games. Over his first eight, he had 281, he had 890 OPS, he had a homer, he had a triple. 
you know, he, he flashed all those tools that we've talked about and that come with him. But in his last eight games, he kind of struggled, you know, kind of took a step back, um, you know, facing tough, the toughest pitching he's ever faced still as an 18 year old. Um, I, I think with Vaquero, it's this is a good thing, but he's just so young and inexperienced. He gets forgotten so much in this farm system because there's so many other top outfielders. And again, that's a good thing because he is just he's 19. You know, his ETA per MLB pipeline to the majors is the longest of any other prospect in their top 30. He's not projected to make the majors until 2027. But this is a, a project that you have plenty of time to develop. You got James Wood. You got Robert Hassel. You got Elijah Green. You got Dylan Cruz now. You got Andrew Pinckney now. You've got so many outfielders that are more advanced than him right now that they can kind of fill that void, fill the upper levels, maybe the major leagues, while he still works on it. Vaquero maybe, I mean, it's so tough to say with a 19-year-old, but Vaquero maybe has one of the highest ceilings of all of them. He is just your prototypical five-tool player. He's got speed. He's got power. He's got average. He has a strong arm. He's got great defensive instincts. He plays a premium position in center field. Um, you know, he's still projected. He's only so young. He's still going to grow. He, like he's projected to be like six, three two fifteen by the time he's fully grown. Um, so I, I think is the question is, can the nationals show that? Yes, you got him. You got the top prospect in that class. Can you develop him into at worst, a major league contributor at best, a superstar? I mean, that's going to be the question of, and, and if not, or can he at least be maybe a, a trade chip down the line? If you absolutely need to. I would hope Vaquero becomes part of the outfield at some point because they spent so much um, of their time and energy on on signing him and now hopefully developing him. But there's just so many outfielders right now, and he's so young. But you're looking at maybe the second wave of outfielders that Christian Vaquero could be a part of because he is, you know, projected to be, you know, what four years away at this point. Yeah, like I, I'm not. Ex- no one's expecting him to be in the majors here within the next like two years or so. Like this isn't going to be a Juan Soto timetable where. But if he, I mean, if he does, if he's going to be killing the ball every step of the way, which so far you know he's had his struggles down in uh, even down in the DSR uh, FCL as well. So he's had some of his struggles there, and it's kind of been seen on paper. But we've also seen him kind of pick it up. But even then, the non-negotiable item here with Christian McCarrow is that this kid has all the talent in the world at this moment in time. And, and you know what? Like, I hate putting those expectations on him and just saying, like, he's got five-tool talent, but he truly does. And the Nationals, they spent all their international signing bonus to get him just knowing that he does have this talent and that he can get into some big-time prospect territory someday, you know? It's sort of a little bit rare in this sense that, and again, this isn't everything. Like, the prospect rankings, like, they're usually a little... um on the, they're a little more conservative of putting younger international players really high up on their board. And Christian Vaccaro has really been in the Nationals top 10 as soon as he was signed. And yeah, like if you're a big time prospect like himself, you're going to find yourself make your way up there. But even then, I think that was kind of impressive from just the scouts and the people who do this for a living to kind of see what potential he does have and hopefully getting into the major leagues in a few years here. But Christian McCarrow, I mean, I I just can't get over the fact that you kind of said it earlier, like he may have the highest ceiling amongst any Nationals prospects and even over a Dylan Cruz. I think he's going to project to be a much better defender as well. We've heard people rave about his arm. We've heard people rave about his range. And also he's a little speed demon on the base path there. He can hit, 
He also has some power in there as well. There's a lot of different tools to really like with Christian Vaccaro here. And really, I think the only comparable ceiling with Vaccaro in this system may be Elijah Green. And Elijah Green, he's got all the talent in the world as well. It's just we've seen him struggle a ton throughout this season down in Fredericksburg. But as far as Christian Vaccaro goes, Bobby, like, would you say going into 2024, he's probably one of the most intriguing prospects to watch for this team because he's going to be the guy that I'll be going out of Fredericksburg to see. I want to see what he's going to do. I'm going to be checking the box for every single night just because of the talent and what he could be down the line for this team. Yeah, I think if it depends what you're looking for. I think next year is going to be a very fun, interesting time for this farm system because next year might be the year we're going to start seeing some of these guys get close and make the major mm -hmm. league. So if you're looking for the near future for the Nationals, like you're focusing on your cruises, your woods, your houses, those kind of guys, hassles. If you're looking for two, three years down the line, you're looking at Vaccaro and you're looking at, all right, is this going to be the guy that can come up in 2026, 2027 and take this team over the top or, you know, be a rookie of the year type kind of candidate on, the, on an experienced team at that point. Um, he's kind of that next wave. And yeah, you talked about how uh, prospect rankings are so conservative and, you know, I know the Nationals farm system wasn't that great to begin with. But consider this, that when they signed Vaccaro, he was immediately labeled as their number five overall prospect. They didn't have Wood, Hassel, Green. Um, I think only Brady House was the only position player ranked higher than him in this farm system. So that was when he was 17, and he was already the number five prospect. Um, and he's still in the top 10 after adding all of these guys over the past you know couple of trade deadlines and drafts. So he's got all the potential in the world. His, his ceiling is, is, is sky high. Um, those five tools, he, he's just, if, if you're looking for the close future, maybe the next competitive team, he's probably not going to be on that, but he might be on the competitive team after that. And then after that, and then maybe, you know, who knows what happens, but I, I think he is most interesting because he's the least talked about. I don't think he gets enough credit because we talk so much about the other guys that we've already, you know, we just talked about all so many guys, but Vaccaro is guy has so much potential that he's kind of forgotten because he's so young and only just got to the United States. Yeah, you know, he's the forgotten guy, and, you know, it's it's a good problem to have. Like, you know, we got a ton of outfield prospects down in the national system, a lot of guys to be excited about, a lot of guys to cover for yourself and myself. We have to cover these guys, so it'll be a fun one going down the line. But, Bobby, the World Series does start tonight, and I do want to kind of chat with you a little bit, get your thoughts on it. I think it's an interesting matchup, man, but I also kind of want to know what you kind of feel as if, you know, we've seen all the headlines recently of people being like, oh, we needed the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series or whatever it may be. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on how this World Series and really what it means for baseball in itself. But before we get into that, let me tell you guys about our good friends over at Ibotta. And guys, how does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. 
Download the Ibotta app now and use code MLB to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. We are joined by Bobby Blanco from NASSensports.com. You can check his work out over on uh, X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And as well, NASSensports.com, just visit there. But Bobby, the Diamondbacks and the Rangers are taking off in this World Series. Game one is tonight. It's going to be a really interesting series in my mind. You got Nathan Eovaldi, Zach Gallon tonight on the hill for the Diamondbacks. But even furthermore than that, there's kind of been a lot of talk because both these teams are, and especially the Diamondbacks, you know, we're on the East Coast here. We didn't really watch those teams this much this year. You saw a little bit more of the Rangers, but for the Diamondbacks, I mean, this was a team that was not considered a good one. We saw them in Arizona, I believe, back in May, and I think, I want to say we won that series as well, but not many people in the national spotlight really know too much about the Diamondbacks, but in my opinion, I'm just a big baseball fan. I think this is great for just baseball fans in general, and I think the sport is winning having teams like this in there kind of making this surprise run I think it's a nice little run to kind of have this magical carpet ride but a lot of people are kind of saying like oh well the ratings are going to be down and the clicks will be down and yes that is true but I think in the core of this having this World Series in my opinion is good for the game what says you about that I agree with you actually I you know as a baseball sports fan first of all I guess as a Washington sports fan, I just cannot express how much joy I have that the Phillies are not in it. Exactly. I, I yeah. didn't watch a single NLCS game because it's almost harder to watch a team you hate in the playoffs than a team you oh. love. Oh. Like watching the Nationals when I'm not working or is stressful in the playoffs. Watching a team I hate as a fan in the playoffs is even more because I, I can't have them win. I can't have them mm-hmm. win. So I'm glad they're not in it. I'm glad this is a good matchup for Nationals fans, right? Like two teams that you couldn't care less about um yeah it hasn't done anything wrong towards you so sure go ahead um i think some people might have liked to see dusty baker get one more run on it but you mm-hmm. know he got his and he's retiring so that's that's all good um but yeah i think as a baseball fan i mean this is you know maybe it's tough for it's it's tough i i, I do see this side where like you're in the middle of the nfl season the nba just got started the nhl's been underway um college football is in the middle of its season college basketball starts soon so like it is going to be tough to get the casual sports fan to tune into these games mm-hmm. but if you're a baseball fan like look where these two teams came from over the past couple of years both of these teams lost over 100 games just two years ago you know before the new cba and we had this draft lottery instituted they picked two three in the draft two years ago because they lost over 100 games and now here they are facing each other in the world series just two years later they kind of took different routes to get here, right? The Rangers spent a lot of money getting Corey Seager, uh, Simeon. Um, they traded for guys like, I mean, Jacob DeGrom's hurt. Oh, they signed Jacob DeGrom, but he's hurt. Um, they traded for guys like Max Scherzer. Uh, you know, they've got a pretty star-studded. They, they spent a lot of money to, to get here. The Arizona Diamondbacks, meanwhile, drafted and developed really well. They got some young starters. Of course, Corbin Carroll, the presumed NL Rookie of the Year. Um, and then they, they also then took some of their you know, prospect capital and went and made some deals at the deadline to improve their roster. And here they are in the world series. So I think as a baseball fan, you can appreciate the way these two teams got here. 
um, and, and where they were just two years ago. Now they're in the World Series. Now, if you're the Nationals, you're thinking, okay, it's doable, right? Like these guys just did it. The Orioles won over 100 games after losing 110 games two years ago. Like quick turnarounds are possible and very, I wouldn't say easy, but very doable in this league um, if you do it the right way. So I, I think it's a good matchup for baseball fans. I, I, I do kind of understand um, the idea that it's going to be tough to get just a casual sports fan or casual baseball fan or not even a fan to watch. Um, but I mean, that's just so far away in my mind. I, I, I just don't really care that much. I, I think the fact more that MLB is going to have over the last decade, what nine different winners in 10 seasons, like only the Astros have won Amazing. twice since 2024. So it's like our 2014, excuse me. So it's like, that's parody right there. That's, that's great for the sport. Yeah. I, like I, and I think that is kind of the root at it for me. Like having all these different winners each year, it's just kind of been like a crapshoot for quite some time now. And I think that is the best thing about the MLB playoffs is just like, you know, you can talk about the wild card format is it fair? Is it not? You know, that's a conversation for another day at this moment. But having this World Series is actually just, I love it. Like, you could make the case for the Rangers. Like, you know, people were expecting them to be in it. They were really good all season long. They did kind of crumble in the second half. In particular, they kind of crumbled in the back half of August all the way through September. But still, I mean, this is going to be a fun World Series. But also, I do want to push back on one little thing that you did say about the Rangers. DC fans do kind of dislike the rain or not. That's not true. Like us, just because the well, old about DC fans who are like 60 years old or older. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't got, care about the Rangers. I don't care about the Rangers either, but like I have one of my uncles who's, who's around 70 years old. He's an old guy and he remembers the senators and he hates them because they left here in DC. So, but also I know people who still like them. I've seen people comment in the YouTube section as well, being like, Oh, I'm rooting for the Rangers. Like go Rangers. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. Like they were here as the senators and that's go, go for it. I, I don't really care all too much about that, but, but I fans, I don't know too much about either of these situations, but it's like, it's like Ravens fans hating the Browns or the Colts. Yeah. Colts. yeah. It's like, you've won two Super Bowls since like, Get over it. Like, exactly. Get over it. Nationals yeah. have won a World Series. The Rangers have not. Get over it. Ex yeah, exactly. It comes down to that, in my opinion, as well. Like, hey, we won a World Series. The Rangers still have not. Or the Senators back from your team, whatever you want to call it. Right. They haven't won a World Series. We have. You've gotten what you wanted, and they haven't. So I'll take that from here on out. But real quick, on our way out, Bobby, I got the Diamondbacks in seven games. Who wow. do you have? Uh, I think this Texas team has been on fire. Look, I mean, both of these teams have been essentially playing playoff games mm -hmm. since mid-September, right? Like, they were both trying to get in at the last minute. Um, you know, I watched in person what the Texas Rangers did to the Orioles. Like, uh, you know, I, I think exper playoff experience goes a long way, especially in, in the baseball playoffs. So, you know, they've, you know, Corey Seager has what an NLCS and World Series MVP under yeah. his belt. Simeon's have been there before. Max Scherzer, I know he hasn't pitched well before, but you never know what you're going to get from him on, under a big spotlight. Um, and you got Bruce Bochy. I mean, the guy is, he's like, I think he's literally undefeated in the World Series. Um, yeah. I, I, I hope this is not a boring series. I mean, I know Texas kind of let Houston back in it and almost lost it, but Texas have been. A machine this entire postseason run um and arizona has had to scratch and claw its way 
uh, to this title. I hope that Arizona puts up a decent fight, but I think I'm going to take the Rangers in six. Ooh, I like the pick. I like the pick. You're going to make some old time locked on nationals listeners a little unhappy here, but Hey, it's part of the gut, part of the job, part of the job, Bobby. I don't care either way. I want to see a good, I want to see it go seven. That'd be fun. That'd be exciting. Like, I don't care, but I just, I just think in my mind, I just think that the Rangers just seem like a team on a mission right now. Um, and they've got the right head guy pulling all the, pushing all the right buttons. And I agree with that. Bruce Bochy, he's the guy that you're going to want in that clubhouse for whatever situation it is. He's that guy. He's him, as the kids would say it. So now I will say the Rangers bullpen is gives me pause. Like yeah. they've been okay. They've done the job well enough thus far. But when the spotlight's the brightest and you've got facing look what Corbin Carroll did to the Phillies in game seven. Like and you're facing um guys like him. I, you know, I don't know. It, it could go south pretty quickly, but if they get up an early lead and their pitching starting pitcher goes deep, I, I like the Rangers. And if you put a role as Chapman in a game winning situation, watch out. Anything could happen. He could be, it could be three strikeouts or it could be three home runs. <laughs> exactly. You never really know with him. So, all right, Bobby, today's been fun, man. Uh, you can catch Bobby Blanco, massinsports.com. Catch him over on Twitter at Bobby underscore Blanco as well. Bobby, I really appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. Talk again soon. Talk again soon. And of course, Locked On Nationals listeners, thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. And next, we will catch you on the flip side. We'll have a couple World Series games to talk about and much more Nationals content on Monday. I'll see you then. Have a good one. I'll catch you on the flip side.